number seven, Stan Good morning, New York Met fans. Happy Tuesday to you. How you feeling today? You think we're actually going to solve this lockout today? I sure hope so, because I want to be talking Met baseball every day about what's going on in Port St. Lucie. And at the end of the month, when we come back home to Big City Field to start off what I think will be a very promising 2022 campaign. But we still have today to get through. But it looks like a major breakthrough was made in uh, yesterday as far as negotiations. Uh, there were 16 hours of deliberation and 13 separate meetings. And it looks like uh, MLB and MLBPA, despite calling it a night last night with no deal in place, may be on to something. There may be a deal today. Now, I know they've extended the deadline the owners have to 5 p.m. today before they start canceling regular season games. But that may not be bad news because it means they are going to be negotiating today. Uh, and like I said, yesterday was the most productive the two sides have had since the lockout began. And it's clear that both sides are committed to getting a deal done. And that is good news indeed. They have no choice, really. Baseball has to not alienate its hardcore fan base and play the full 162. Uh, they are going to reconvene at 10 a.m., but there is optimism for a regularly scheduled opening day. Now, the day started with pessimism and turned into one that ended with much higher hopes. While still apart, the two parties made strides in what seemed to be major hurdles in luxury tax, pre-arbitration bonus pool money, a minimum salary, and a compromise for a 12-team playoff pool. Uh, yep, we're going to get used to a 12-team playoff pool, it looks like. Uh, originally, the owners wanted 14 teams, but it uh, looks like they're going to settle on 12. How the playoffs will unfold after that remains to be seen, but we shall see. Now, MLB has offered a, a CBT of $220 million for the next three seasons. Uh, followed by 224 in 2025 and 230 in 2026, with tax rates staying the same as the previous CBA, 20%, 32%, and those rates are huge because they were pretty astronomical originally what the owners had proposed. So I think that's going to work out in the long run. Uh, both parties will agree to that. Uh, the players want the tax to be at least $230 million this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens. They still may add a few more million on there. Uh, MLBPA is seeking a minimum salary of $700,000, but has been offered $675,000. Now, if the two sides continue to make progress on Tuesday, it's hard to imagine the league will hold strong to their second deadline, as that was the case on Monday. But... After serious doubt, it is clear the owners have an intention in getting something done. But like I always say, it ain't over till it's over. Where did Yogi say that? I think Yogi said that. But anyway, until they actually say uh, this lockout is over, that's when I'll believe it. But let's not forget, 
This is actually very, very good news. Now, as always, on this day in Med history, we celebrate the birthdays of Mets from the past. Uh, Bing Devine, a member of front office in the 60s, was born this day in 1916. Rich Rodriguez was born on this day in 1963. Tony Castillo was born this day in 1963. Ramon Castro was born this day in 1976. And Michael Conforto was born on this day in 1993. So happy birthdays to all five of them. On this date, unfortunately, we watched Jeff McKnight in 2015. And there were a couple transactions made on this day. The Mets signed free agent Jose Santiago on this date in 2015. And on this date in 2006, they signed free agent Willie Colazzo. Now, as we said, it's Bing the Vine's birthday today. Now, Bing Devine got his claim to fame by serving as general manager of St. Louis Cardinals from uh, 1957 through 1964. And he was directly responsible for putting the 1964 world champion Cardinals on the field. Even though he had been fired with seven weeks remaining in the season, one of the most bizarre events in baseball annals. So he wasn't there when they actually won the world championship, but he was responsible for the product on the field. Many of the players Devine acquired led the Cardinals to the 1967 world title and 68 world champ NL championship. Uh, the later occurring during uh, Devine's second tour, 68 through 78, as the Cardinals general manager in between those teams from 1965 to 67, Devine was assistant to the president and then president and de facto general manager of the New York Mets where he helped put together the organization that turned the franchise from baseball's laughing stocks into 1969 world champions as the Miracle Mets. During the 80s, he also served as president of the St. Louis Football Cardinals of the National Football League. So in a way, Bing had a lot to do with the Mets' success in 69 as he was laying the foundation uh, while he was in the Mets' front office from 65 to 67. So happy birthday, Bing Devine. And let's talk about birthday boy Rich Rodriguez today. Who remembers Rich Rodriguez? He was part of that 2000 team that went to the World Series. Uh, now, Rich Rodriguez was drafted by the Mets again in the 1984 Major League Baseball draft. He had originally been drafted by the Kansas City Royals in 1981. But then in 89, he was traded by the Mets to San Diego Padres for minor leaguers Bill Stevenson, and Brad Pounders. He made his Major League debut in 1990 with the Padres and played for them until June 24, 1993, when he and Gary Sheffield were traded to the Florida Marlins for Andres Berman, Trevor Hoffman, and Jose Martinez in a big, big trade back then. Uh, in 1994, he was released by the Marlins and signed with the St. Louis Cardinals. In 1996, he signed with the Reds but was released during spring training. He signed with the Royals and spent the season in the minor leagues. Now, after the 96 season, he signed with the Giants where he played for three seasons. And then he did sign for the Mets for the 2000 season. Now, in the 2000 season, uh, Rich actually pitched in uh, 30-something games. Let's see what the exact total was. Uh, bear with me one second. 
He pitched for the Mets in 32 games, uh, finished 13 games, didn't get any saves, however, and he had an ERA, which was pretty damn high, 7.78, and he had an 0-1 record. So those were Rich's stats in the uh, 2000 season. He never pitched in the postseason for the Mets. So happy birthday to Rich Rodriguez. After the Mets, he uh, actually went on and continued his career with the Cleveland Indians, and then he signed with the Texas Rangers for a 2002 season and the Anaheim Angels for the 2003 season. So as you can see, Rich Rodriguez uh, pitched for quite a few teams, and one of those teams was the Mets in 2000. Happy birthday, Rich Rodriguez. Also celebrating a birthday today is Tony Castillo. Now, Tony Castillo began the 91 season in the Braves' bullpen, where he went 1-1 one one with a 7.27 ERA in seven games before he was traded to the Mets with Joe Roa for Alejandro Pena on August 28th. Now, Castillo finished 91 season strong with the Mets, playing in 10 games, starting three of them. He went 1-0 with a 1.90 ERA in 23 and two-third innings pitched. On January 22nd, the Mets traded Castillo and Mark Carrion to Detroit Tigers in exchange for Paul Gibson and minor leaguer Randy Marshall. Now, Castillo uh, had a pretty, uh, he jumped around too, another one of those pitchers that jumped around. Uh, all told, his career record was 28-23 with a 3.93 ERA. He pitched for the Blue Jays in 88 and 89, Braves 89-91. As I mentioned, the Mets at the end of the 91 season. The Blue Jays 93-96 and the White Sox 96-98. So he caught a break. He pitched on some uh, really good Blue Jay teams uh, that won some titles and they defeated the White Sox in the 93 World Series. And Castillo even earned the victory in the fourth game in the series as the Toronto Blue Jays won a I don't know if you guys remember this game. It was crazy. They won that game 15-14. to Overall, Castillo went 1-0 with an ERA of 8.10, allowing three runs in three and a third innings, while Toronto won the World Series championship in six games. So Castillo has the ring, and he has some bling, and he was a former Met. Happy birthday, Tony Castillo. Also celebrating a birthday today, and let's talk about him, Ramon Castro. In December 2004, Ramon was signed with the New York Mets by the New York Mets in 2004, December. And in 2005, he was backup catcher to Mike Piazza. He was a pretty damn good catcher. I always liked Ramon. He had 41 RBIs and 209 at-bats and a career-best 244 batting average. And he played solid defense. And when Piazza became a free agent after the season, it looked like Castro might again get a chance to be a starter. But the Mets looked elsewhere and they... Traded for Paul Waduka, who previously had replaced Castro in Florida. Injuries reduced his role in 2006, limiting him to 126 at-bats as Waduka was the main man. When Waduka left after the 2007 season, many fans, including myself, thought Castro would start, and a lot of them wanted Castro to start. But the job instead went to newcomer Brian Schneider, who was a good defensive backup, not much of a bat. It was likely most due to his injury-riddled career that Castro wasn't chosen, which became evident once more when he strained his hamstring late in spring training that year, missing the beginning of the season. Now, so in 2009, uh, Castro was traded to the Chicago White Sox for Lance Broadway after Omir Santos won the backup job with the return of Brian Sand Sand 
Ryan Schneider, I should say, from the DL. And with the White Sox, he had the uh, privilege of becoming the 17th Major League backstop to catch a perfect game when he caught Mark Burley's second no-hitter. It was his first time catching for Burley, who stated afterwards that he did not shake off Castro at any time during the game. So hats off to Ramon Castro for calling one hell of a ball game. And then at the end of his career, Ramon came back and played with the Long Island Ducks. I know a lot of you guys like to go to those duck games, so you probably caught Ramon as a Long Island Duck too, and that's how he ended his career. Also celebrating a birthday, Michael Conforto. What do you think? Will the Mets re-sign Michael Conforto? I have mixed feelings about that. I'm a big fan of a Met being a Met for his whole career and coming up through a new organization, and Conforto fills the bill. I think there is room for him. It all depends on whether or not Billy Epler finds it uh, something that the Mets would desire. But I would like to see Michael Conforto. I always like career Mets. I always was a fan of Michael Conforto. Uh, granted, he didn't play well last year, but he's still young. He was born on this date in 1993 in Woodenville, Washington. So he's only 29 years old, and you sign him to a three, four-year contract, he'll be in the prime of his career. Uh, we'll see what happens. Michael does come from a family full of athletes. His mother Tracy Ruiz Conforto was a two-time Olympic gold medalist, 1984 and 1988, in synchronized swimming. I don't know if you guys remember her. I don't, but uh, it's really amazing when you're a good Olympic gold medalist. So she did the country proud. His father was a football linebacker at Penn State University, and his sister, uh, Jacques was a college soccer player. So athletics runs in the blood with the Confortos. And let's not forget, in 2004, Conforto played in the Little League World Series for the Northwest region. In high school, the honor roll student played shortstop on the baseball team and was a standout safety in football. He was recruited by several Ivy League schools for football and was also sought after for baseball. He chose to stick with baseball, and he played at Oregon State. In his first year, he was voted Freshman Hitter of the Year, batting 349 with 13 homers and setting the school record with 76 RBIs. In his sophomore year, he was named All-American, winning the Oregon State Beavers to the College World Series, where he went 7-14, getting named to the All-Tournament team. In his off-seasons, he played for the USA Collegiate National Team. 2013, he batted 345. He was named the Pac-12 Player of the Year and was named the first-team All-American. He went into 2014 as the preseason Sporting News College Player of the Year. So not bad. Michael Conforto really lit it up in college. The six-foot-one left-handed hitting outfielder throws right-handed. He attended Oregon State University, getting drafted by the Mets in the first round in 2014, the number on, number ten pick overall, and the Mets were always high on him. Now, Conforto's pro career, like many of the Mets, began that same year with the Brooklyn Cyclones. That year, he led his club in batting 331 in homers three while playing in 42 games. He started 2015 with the St. Lucie Mets, where he batted 283 with seven homers and 28 RBIs in 46 games. He got promoted to the AA Binghamton Mets in late May, where he combined his hot hitting. He continued his hot hitting, I should say. 
He batted 312 with five homers and 26 RBIs in 45 games, getting named to play in the Futures game of 2015. With the New York Mets struggling to score runs and an injury to Michael Kadire, the team decided to promote Conforto right up to the big league level. At this point, he was the organization's best-hitting prospect. He made his debut in the major leagues on July 24, 2015, starting in left field and going 0-3 in the loss to the Dodgers. The young man said he got chills as the city field crowd of 36,666 greeted him with a nice ovation that night. The next night, in the second game, he collected four hits, including back-to-back doubles, two singles, and a walk. That made his the fastest Met ever to have a four-hit game. On July 31st, when the Mets traded for Yoenna Cespedes, Conforto, unfortunately, was sent back down to the minor leagues to develop his young career. Four days later, on August 3rd, he was back in the big leagues when Kirk Neuenheis went on the DL. Timing is everything, isn't it, folks? By this time, the Mets had now taken over first place. That night, he hit the first career home run in a 12-1 Mets win in Florida as the team took sole possession of first place. Conforto drove in runs over the next two nights, including a game-tying single in the top of the ninth inning at Tampa as New York came from behind to beat the Rays 4-3. Conforto scored the game winner on Wilmer Flores' RBI hit. He hit his second homer on April 15th and another six days later in a Met win in Colorado. On August 31st, he brought, his up average, he brought his average up over 290 and hit his fourth homer, helping the Mets in a 3-1 win over the Phillies at City Field. In a hot September, he was a big contributor to the Mets offense and run at the NLE's title. Along with the newly acquired Yohan Cespedes, the Mets outfield all of a sudden had pop and lots of hits out of their spots in the lineup. Conforto, Cespedes, and veteran newcomers Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe turned around a Met team that struggled for hits and runs earlier in the year. In the first seven days of September, he had two home runs and drove in five runs in five games in the five games he played in. On September 13th, toward the end of the Mets' eight-game winning streak, he hit a two-run homer in a 10-7 win in a sweep of a series against the Braves in Atlanta. On September 21st, he hit another homer against the Braves, helping John Neese in the bullpen in a 4-0 shutout at City. Since his arrival in August, Conforto had 13 multi-hit games with 9 homers and 23 RBIs. In a total of 56 games, he had 47 hits batting 270 with 9 homers, 14 doubles, and 26 RBIs. He played primarily in left field, making 6 assists with a 1,000 fielding percentage. So he did do very, very well for the Mets when they called him up in 2015. Now, in the postseason, Conforto... and Got to start left field in Dodger Stadium as the Mets' first postseason game in nine years, batting seventh as the Mets faced the Dodgers in game one of the NLDS. In the second inning, three batters after Jonas Cespedes hit a home run. Conforto will follow with a home run of his own coming off of Zach Greinke. Conforto didn't get any more hits in the NLDS or in the NLCS sweep of the Chicago Cubs. In the 2015 World Series, Michael Conforto was thrilled to be playing in the World Series, having been the minor leagues just two months before and playing college ball just a year earlier. On October 27th in Game 1 of the World Series, Conforto hit a six-inning sacrifice fly off of Edison Volquez, driving in Yoenis Cespedes for the Mets' first second run, I should say, 
in Game 3 at City Field, which the Mets won 9-3 behind Thor, Noah Syndergaard. Conforto hit a fourth-inning double, driving in Lucas Duda, Duda with the Mets' fifth run. In the Mets' Game 4, heartbreaking loss. The game was highlighted by Conforto's two home runs in the third and fifth innings. Conforto also had two hits in the final fifth game at City Field. Overall, in the World Series, Conforto led the Mets in batting with 333, and that's for batters with more than two at-bats, and was one for four in the Mets, one of the four Mets, I should say. He was one of the four Mets to have five hits. He was second in RBIs uh, with four, and homers with two. So he had a pretty damn good World Series. For the postseason, he had six, he had two Let's see, well, his average overall was 200, 6 for 30, with three homers and six RBIs, but the World Series was his coming out party. Now, he became the third MLB player in history to have played in the Little League World Series, College World Series, and MLB World Series, and that's something to be proud of, Mr. Conforto. Now, after the pennant in 2016, the Mets started, it, the season started out well uh, in 2016 for Conforto. He finished April batting 365, four homers, and 18 RBIs. He was in Fuego. On April 8th, he had a three-RBI day on a 7-2 Met win over the Phillies at City Field. In mid-April, he drove in three runs with a homer as the Mets took two or three in Cleveland against the eventual AL champions. On April 24th, he drove in two runs in the Mets' 3-2 win over Atlanta in Atlanta. In a six-game stretch from April 24th to April 30th, get this, he drove in 10 runs during an eight-game hit streak where he collected 15 hits. Doesn't get any better than that. Now, his average did fall below with 300 in mid-May, uh, and he had another hot streak until he had another hot streak. He would hit a home run on May 7th and hit safely in nine of 11 games. On May 17th, he hit a solo homer off of Max Scherzer in a 2 nothing win over the Washington Nationals. On May 20th, he did another solo home run, this one against the Brewers in a 3-2 Mets win. Mm -hmm. Things weren't going well at the plate for Conforto, but there were a few highlights. On July 4th, his eighth inning hit off David Phelps of Miami put the Mets ahead in a 6-4 win. On June 8th in Pittsburgh, he drove in three runs, including a game-tying homer, to help the Mets in a 6-5 win over the Pirates. At City Field, he would hit another homer against the Pirates a week later. From May 24th to June 24th, he had just eight hits in 84 plate appearances in 25 games. His season average plummeted to 222. And the Mets were concerned, and they sent him to Double A Vegas as the Mets called up Brandon Nimmo, one of the team's top prospects. He returned in mid-July and began to play in right and center field as well as the usual left. He was used mostly as reserved and as a starter without the Mets giving him an everyday chance. It may have affected his play even more so. So, you know, they start playing with a prospect like Conforto, maybe gets into his head in a, a little bit. But on October 7th, he had his first homer in nearly two months in a 3-1 win in Detroit, at Detroit, I should say. During the September pennant stretch, he had a two-RBI game in September 18th against the Brewers in a 3-2 win. And on September 23rd, he had a home run with three RBIs and two hits, a 10-5 win over the Phillies. Overall, a disappointing 2016, he had 220. Struggling mightily against lefties. He couldn't touch lefties. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he had 12 homers, 12, 21 doubles, and 42 RBIs. 
In the offseason, the Mets re-signed Yoannis uh, Espes and could not shop Jay Bruce in the trade market as expected. That kind of left Conforto's future uncertain. At two, as 2017 began, Conforto lost his starting role and his pencil as the Ford outfielder. But a hot April had him batting 321 with six homers and 13 RBIs in the month. From April 9th to April 15th, he drove in runs in five of six games with a pair of home runs. On April 29th, he had two hits and carried the Mets to a 5-3 win over the Nats in D.C. In May, he regained his starting role as he hit seven more homers and drove in 21 runs. From May 14th through the 25th, he hit five homers, including two in a May 23rd win over San Diego. In that game, he had four RBIs in the Mets' 9-3 win at City Field. As the Mets suffered injuries, Conforto became the team's best player. At the break, after 70 games, he was batting 284 with 14 homers and 41 RBIs. He was named as the Mets' only representative to the All-Star game in Miami. The Mets' 2-1 loss, Conforto got two at-bats, collecting a base hit. He would match his season-high four-RBI game high twice, once in July 14th in a 14-2 Met win over the Rockies, and again on July 21st. That game at City Field in a 7-5 win over the Oakland A's, he had one of his three multi-homer games. On April 24th, he injured himself while swinging at a pitch and tore his shoulder. He missed the remainder of the season, opted to get the surgery. He ended 2017 with 27 homers and 68 RBIs, both second on the club to Jay Bruce. He had 104 hits with 20 doubles, 57 walks, 113 Ks, and a 384 on-base percentage in 109 games. The outfield, he posted a 984 percentage with 5 assists, 52 games in left, 43 in center, and 11 in right. Remember when the Mets had no center fielders, they had to put Conforto out there? Well, I don't think he was that comfortable out there, but he did it. And in 2018, to start the season, he played his first game on April 5th in Washington, D.C., hitting home run driving in two runs. On May 11th, his two-run homer helped the Mets to a 3-1 win in Philadelphia. He hit another home run on May 19th, helping the Mets to a 5-4 win over the D-backs in a game where Wilmer Flores provided the walk-off sack fly. At the same time this week, he was struggling just to keep his average over 200. So again, it was another struggle for Conforto. But from July 14th to the 27th, he had a hot streak where he had four home runs and a dozen RBIs and a dozen hits. In August, he had all he had home runs in back-to-back games, including one in the Mets Subway Series. Later that week, he had three hits and a homer in the Mets 24-4 romp over Philly. That was a fun game, that Philly game. The next day, though, the Mets lost, and Conforto had three more hits while driving in four runs. On August 28th, he matched that with four RBIs, another three-hit day, and the Mets 6-3 win over the Giants at City Field. September, he had his best offensive production season. In the first two weeks of the month, he had six homers with 17 hits and 15 RBIs and six homers. On April 13th, in the second game of a doubleheader, his solo home run off of Kyle Barrico. Tied the game up at 3-3. Todd Frazier's walk-off homer beat the Marlins in a 4-3 exciting win. September 17th, he had a season-high six RBIs carrying the Mets to a 9-4 win. On the day, he hit a single, double, and a three-run homer. In the Mets' poor 2018, Conforto led the team in homers, walks. Homers 28, he had walks 84, RBIs 82, runs scored 78. Batted 243 with 132 hits and a 350 on-base percentage. 
His 84 walks were eighth most in the National League and 159 strikeouts, the seventh most. He spent most of the time in left field, 84 games in left, 56 in center, 58 in center, I should say, 12 in right. Overall, he had five assists with a 990 fielding percentage. Now, in 2019, Conforto finally was the Mets' main right fielder, playing 109 games there. Uh, he also played 39 games in center field. He got off to a hot start after opening day, hitting safely in 14 of 16 games, with three straight games where he hit a home run. He peaked with a 372 average, but that quickly fell off as he ended April batting 269, but was second to Pete Alonso with 14 RBIs. In late May, he had four homers over an eight-game span. On May 28th, he had his first career grand slam, uh, and that came off the Dodgers' Scott Alexander in Los Angeles. Conforto drove in five runs in the Mets' 7-3 win. In June, he had a 10-game hit streak as he hit six homers with 14 RBIs in the month. On July 2nd, he drove in two runs, including two game-winning RBIs in the Subway Series. His eighth-inning double came off reliever Zach Britton at City Field. As the Mets began to win, they found themselves in the playoff hunt for a wild-card spot. At the end of July, they won seven straight and four to home and in three straight games from July 27th to July 30th during that streak. On July 31st, he and Todd Frazier had eighth-inning RBI singles, leading the Mets to a 4-2 win over Chicago in Chicago. And that was the White Sox, by the way, not the Cubs. On August 4th, Conforto had two hits and hit his 22nd hit. Homer, I should say, in the Mets' 13-2 win over the Pirates. The next day, he homered in the second game of a doubleheader against the Marlins at City Field. He drove in three runs that day. And in his next game on August 6th, he had two homers with another three RBIs. The Mets won both games in the midst of another eight-game win streak. The Mets won 15-16 games in that stretch. On Friday, August 9th, the Mets went into the bottom of the ninth inning, down 6-3 to the Washington Nationals. The Todd father, Todd Frazier, tied the game with a three-run homer of Sean Doodle. The Mets' Joe Panic then single, and Juan Lagarras sing came in as a pinch hitter with two outs, and Ahmad Rosario singled. The, singled. the stage was set for Conforto. He singled driving in regards with the walk-off game-winning run. The exciting win had the city feel rocking and going wild. On August 18th, he hit his 26th homer, a two-run shot off Kansas City's Glenn Sparkman as he drove in four runs in the Mets' 11-5 win. On August 20th, he had a two-run homer in Cleveland off Shane Bieber as the Mets' 9-2 win as they won another five straight games. The Mexican Fordo both slumped as they lost five straight. On August 30th, he had a two-run homer as the Mets beat the Phils in Philadelphia 11-5. Conforto hit his 30th home run on August 12th, on September 12th, I should say, during the Mets' four-game sweep of the D-backs at City Field. The Mets slowly fell out of the wild card race during the end of the season, but had a quality 86-win season. On September 24th, he had another multi-homer game, hitting two and driving in four runs in the Mets' 5-4 win over the Marlins. Overall, Conforto had the best year up to that point of his career, with career highs and hits 141, runs 90, and doubles 29. His 33 homers and 92 RBIs were both second to Pete Alonso and also career highs. He was third on the team with 363 on base percentage and with games played 151. Now, in 220, remember the pandemic year, 
It was a strike short in COVID-19 season. He played in 54 games, leading the team in batting 324, on base percentage 412. He was smoking during COVID-2020. He had nine homers with 12 doubles, 24 walks, and 31 RBIs and 202 at-bats. On August 19th in Miami, the Mets were tied 3-3 in the top of the ninth inning. Conforto hit a two-run homer off Brandon Kinsler to win the game. On August 26th, he hit another homer against the Marlins in an 8-7 Met win. September 2nd in Baltimore, Conforto had a big day collecting four hits, hitting a homer, and driving five runs in the Mets' 9-4 win over the Orioles. September 9th, he helped spark a Met comeback, three-run comeback against the O's with a homer in the fifth off Jorge Lopez. In his next game at Toronto, he had a three-run homer off Chase Anderson, and he later collected a walk and an RBI in the Mets' huge 10th-run fourth inning. The Mets won the game 8-1. Now, Conforto had a rough year in 2021, uh, and that... He was hoping to sign a contract before the season. It never happened. So now he's a free agent. His property is Scott Boris. So we'll see what transpires. Will he play an American League team, National League team? I heard the White Sox may be interested. The Mets are showing interest. It's going to be interesting. And uh, whether he stays or whether he goes, Michael Conforto had a Met career that I'm pretty proud of. And I was a big fan of his. He was a roommate of Noah Syndergaard's until 2017, so that was quite a pair. But then he went into uh, living on his own, uh, preferring one of the more quieter neighborhoods in Manhattan. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, Maybe he stays, maybe he goes. We shall see, Met fans, shall we? Okay, now it's time for today's Met Baseball and Baseball Trivia and Jeopardy uh, quizzes. Today's trivia question, and that comes from our good friend and Met historian Harvey Porras. Which two Mets are tied for the team's all-time opening day home run lead? Okay, I'll repeat that again. Which two Mets are tied for the team's all-time opening day home runs lead? And today's Mets final baseball jeopardy. Two clues. Led Mets in home runs with 19 in 1992 with 34 and 93 and with 20 in 1994. Second clue. During the 91-92 offseason contract, he had a contract that earned him the distinction of being the highest paid player in the league at the time. Once again, the two clues. Led the Mets in home runs with 19 in 1992 with 34 and 93 and with 20 in 94. Second clue, during the 91-92 offseason, he signed a contract that earned him the distinction of being the highest paid player in the league at the time. We'll be back at the end of the podcast to tell you how you did, so lock in your answers and stay tuned. Now it's time for our shameless plug of this baseball group on Facebook, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life. If you're not a member, please do join. We'd love to have you. We have great content and great people participating every day. And if you're listening to this podcast and aren't a subscriber, please, by all means, do. You'll be updated every time one is up. And if the baseball lockout ends, we'll have one just about every day. Uh, I'm hoping every day because there'll be a lot to talk about even before the season starts. And don't forget, we have a Twitter presence where we not only post stuff from this group, but 
We also gather other social media Met posts and put it on there too. So it's one-stop shopping for you Met fans. So check them all out and you'll be glad you did. Now let's talk about what's going on in the greatest baseball group there is for the New York Mets on Facebook, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life. Well, today we mentioned that on this date in 1999, the episode Big Shots of the Everybody Loves Raymond show, security kicks out fictional Newsday sports writer Ray Barone, played by Ray Romano, from an event honoring the 69 Mets. The Hall of Fame guards, the Hall of Fame guards lose their patience when the title character insists on using his journalistic credentials to avoid the wait, refuses to get in line with the fans waiting to meet their heroes, including Tug McGraw and Art Shamsky. And I uh, uploaded a funny clip of Tug McGraw interacting with Ray Barone on the site, so you might want to check that out. Good stuff as always. Uh, what else is going on in the group? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's why we're here. We're here to serve your needs every day. Mike Freed's been uh, posting a lot of updates on what's been going on with the labor strife, so I like to call him our labor correspondent. Uh, he's been keeping us up to date on everything that's going on, so check out Mike's post in the group. Uh, I shared a video of that Daryl Strawberry uploaded of him hitting a humongous home run against the Expos at Shea. And uh, like I said, every day good stuff on there. Uh, Mike Freed again. Uploaded a uh, TikTok video of Ms. Luba, that's Trevor Bauer's agent, uh, kind of revealing how, what a facade this is by the owners with this power play they're doing. Uh, Pat Regazzo uh, uploaded his article from SICOM, uh, which went into detail explaining that the Mets had hired four additional members familiar for, to the baseball ops department. So, uh, good stuff. And those people were uh, Jonathan Strangio as Vice President of Baseball Operations, Nate Horowitz, a Senior Director of Player Personnel, Nick Spar as Director of Baseball Operations, and Steve Martone as Special Assistant. I mentioned that Al Leiter is going to be a spring training instructor once we get this ball rolling. He was part of uh, Brody Van Wagner front office, you remember, but he didn't do much for the team last year. Mookie Wilson was also added to a spring instructor role, so it's good to see the Mook back. So again, those are all the fun stuff you'll be seeing when you join the group, and there's much more on there. I didn't go into detail on everything, so check it out. You'll be glad you did. Now, back to the results of today's uh, Jeopardy and trivia question. The answer to the trivia question, which was, which two Mets are tied for the team's all-time opening day home run lead? Well, the correct answers are Darryl Strawberry and Todd Hunley, each with four. And it should be noted that Todd Hunley's came in four straight opening days from 1994 to 1997. And then today's Jeopardy was led the Mets in home runs with 19 and 92, 34 and 93, and 20 and 94. And the second clue was during the 1991-92 offseason, he signed a contract that earned him the distinction of being the highest paid player in the league at the time. Well, the correct answer is, who was Bobby Bonilla? And congrats to Jason Lynch on being the first to submit the correct answer on that one on the group site. So again, those are all the fun things you'll find in the group. And like I said, hopefully by 5 p.m. we find out whether or not we're scheduled to go on opening day. And if that's the case. I am going to be so pumped, 
And uh, we'll be spitting out content every day on everything that's going on in the Met world. Uh, as always, thank you for your patronage. It really means a lot to me. Thanks for listening. Subscribe if you can. And uh, we'll talk again hopefully tomorrow. Have a great day. And remember, let's go Mets.